Hello, welcome to Mind of a Football Coach Podcast. Today we have on Coach Kevin Womble from down uh, in Florida. He's at Niceville High School uh, at the moment. Um, Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, good to be on. Coach, we uh, we coached together for one year at Providence, and I, I thought the world you as a coach and a, as, a, as a person. Um, just tell the listener a little bit about yourself and about your background. Sure, I... Um, um been coaching now i think this will uh just wrapped up year 11 um i actually started out a little little different track a little different journey than most probably uh went to school to be a civil engineer graduated worked as a civil engineer and figured out that while the paycheck was good the uh the rest of it wasn't um and was able to get into football at camden county high school uh down in south georgia um definitely definitely big boy ball uh one of the premier sport uh schools in georgia and i uh, was there for a couple of years fortunate enough to win a state title with them uh in 2009 and you know it's kind of one of those what one of those things you get spoiled early on uh you know you win a state championship in your first year and just think oh man this is easy this, this is just how it'll be uh and then you, you find out the reality of high school football is is not quite that way but uh so a couple of years there, and then went to Providence, uh, as you said, where we crossed paths and uh, was there for four years, did, I, I guess, coach just about everything, was on the offensive side of the ball and, and then flipped over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, in 2015, got an opportunity to come to back to my hometown in Bonifay, Florida, uh, Holmes County High School, to be the head coach, um, and was here uh, for four years, uh, coached four years, and uh, got it turned around a little bit. Uh, just series of events, got let go there, and a uh, guy that I had competed against got the head coaching job at Niceville High School, Grant Thompson, and uh, as soon as he heard I was kind of on the on the market, as it were, uh, he called up and offered me a job uh, to go over to Niceville High School, which uh, is a 7A school down here in Florida. I think we've got about 2,000 kids or something in that neighborhood, uh, so pretty big school. And uh, was there this past year, went 12-1, and one, uh, lost in the third round to Edgewater, who went on to the state game uh, and runner-up to St. Thomas Aquinas down here by a score. So uh, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of the, the coaching career in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, Coach, you, I mean, you, I remember we talked when we were at, at Providence and you just raved about Camden County and Jeff Heron and his, his process. Um, you know, talk a little bit about what it was like being a young coach for a guy who's, for all practical, you know, reasons. He's a he's a legend, really. No doubt. I mean, he's it, there. There are not very many, uh, very many guys you're gonna you're gonna put ahead of him in my book on the 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 Mount Rushmore of high school coaches. Um, just the you know, and and really being a young coach there. Yeah, I mean, it was like drinking water from a fire hydrant every day. We had, um, yeah, I mean, the not only Coach Heron, but just the other coaches we had on staff that had had been head football coaches, um, and then that have gone on since to become head football coaches and be very successful. Um, I mean, it's just been incredible, and and so every day was like going to a coaching clinic. I mean, it was just a matter of how much did you want to learn. Um, you know, and pay attention to it. Really, if I, I wish I knew then what I know now, I'd have took a lot better notes on a lot of stuff. Um, you know, because being young, you think you know a lot, but, um, but it was great. I mean, his just attention to detail, 
um, you know, our practices being planned out, uh, you know, to the, to the period, to the minute, uh, and then the expectations and being held to them. You know, that was the, that's the big thing, you know, at Camden and really in a lot of places I've talked to people in Georgia, and I know you, you probably saw this when you were there too, but the, the expectation is that you're, you're going to get your job done. It's not going to be somebody else and, and you're not, we're not just going to let it slide. If, if you don't get your job done, well, <laughs> there are a lot of other people that want to come here and coach that will. And, uh, and just the expectation, no different than we have for our kids when we're coaching them up. You know, you can get the job done, kid, or, or we're going to have to find somebody else that will. And uh, so just learn, you know, being held accountable and, and knowing uh, that, that what we do matters uh, on the football field as well as just with those kids and, and developing them and building relationships. Um, you know, there was a lot of stuff that he had us do. He wanted us to have, you know, off-season, off-season time with them, meet with them, have, a di- you know, have them over to your house for dinner, you know, make sure you know what's going on in their life. Find out, you know, find out about their girlfriend or, you know, if their parents are, you know, uh, something's going on with their parents, you know, somebody in the household sick, you know, find out about that stuff, you know, make, make it a priority to know our kids and not just, you know, not just August to August to December when we need them for, you know, to try to win some ball games for us. But, you know, let, let's go 12 months with these guys and actually pour into them and, and develop the whole person, not just the football player. You know, it's really interesting you talked about, you know, Georgia. That's it's supply and demand. You know, they they pay a lot better than really anywhere on the East Coast, um, you know, and there's really good football and they care about football. And your teaching, your teaching job is tied to your coaching job usually. So if you if you just quit coaching, they'll, they'll get rid of you, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'll, they'll find something else that's uh, a, a lot worse teaching spot for you to – and, and make you make you want to do something different but yeah that's the thing is that's you know i tell people all the time that's really one of the biggest differences i see in that whole pay thing in georgia you know they 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 expect to get what they're paying you for uh you know and while none of us are going to get rich or you know i mean it's certainly not uh on a per hour basis you know all that good really when we when we break it yeah, down yeah. but it's you know but it's a matter of they the expectation is high there um and in a lot of places and so uh you yeah, know that's why there's there's a lot of the turnover there is is when those expectations don't get met then uh unfortunately that's you know the kind of the the nature of the beast that we live in is you know the a lot of a lot of folks say it a lot of administrators i guess you'd say and superintendents and people in those positions like to talk about how it's not about wins and losses but you know all of a sudden that that two and seven comes along or one and nine and all of a sudden, the wins and losses matter a little bit more to them. You know, the, the the character building doesn't mean as much, unfortunately, in some situations. So, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting profession we've we we've taken up for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know that me and you would trade, and we wouldn't trade it for anything else in the world. No, not for a second. It's uh, it definitely is interesting. You know, like you you hit on the point where you know, we want to develop young men, but at some point, it does become about or you mean the expect the win and loss expectation of the school you're employed at what do you think about that yeah i mean it's you know that that's the thing is yeah and and we had here in bonifay at holmes county i mean we had uh you know we we had a lot of the things that i've gotten over the years we had a leadership council and we would go through 
you know, we went through above the line by Urban Meyer, and um, we were actually getting ready to go through Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Um, that was going to kind of be our next book on our list, so to speak. And, um, you know, we did things in the off season and, and, you know, we were doing a lot of that stuff. Um, and then, you know, my last year here and we had, we had increased our wins each year. Um, my third year we went seven and three and went to the first round of playoffs, lost in overtime by a point. Uh, and then my fourth year we go two and seven, just, you know, lots of things that, you know, we had injuries and, uh, you know, Little, little thing called Hurricane Michael came through yeah, and disrupted yeah. some stuff, and, um, you know, which we were very fortunate. We didn't get it nearly as bad as a lot of our neighbors, but um, but just the disruption in daily life, um, you know, and just first one thing and another, and uh, two and seven wasn't good enough, uh, you know, which was unfortunate. But uh, that's, again, that's kind of the nature of the beast. I, you know, expectations, uh, I guess, had gotten to a certain point, and when we didn't meet them, then, you know, they were, they were ready to move on. But, but at the end of the day, that's, again, to me, it's unfortunate, but that doesn't change what the mission should be or how I go about it. You know, the mission is about what's best for the kids. Um, you know, it's not what, it's not what's best for the, the old timers down at the coffee shop or, you know, any, any of those folks that every, every decision I try to make with regards to the team, what's, what, what helps these kids out? Because uh, that's uh, ultimately that's what we're that's what we're doing it for. I mean, if if the only reason I was doing it was for wins and losses and to get talk get to talk ball all day, I I need to be chasing the job in the NFL. I mean, not you know not taking mm-hmm. anything away from those NFL guys, but you know that's they're they're not at least it seems I don't know may I have never done it. You know they're probably not nearly in as much of the changing lives for the better business at that point because those guys are pretty much they're going to do what they do mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> they're making millions of dollars they're they're going to do what they do you know at our level almost none of our kids are probably going to make it to that level mm-hmm. if we're fortunate maybe we coach you know a guy that makes it to the league or you know a couple just depending on the situation i mean most of our guys won't even go to college or won't, won't play college ball but again at the end of the day that's is that really what you know that's not why i'm in coaching you know, I'm in coaching for that kid that, uh, you know, he was a knucklehead all four years of high school, and, and I had to stay on top of him. And but his mother and I worked together to help, uh, you know, get that kid on the straight and narrow. And now he's in the Navy, fixing to go get stationed in Hawaii and do great things for our country. You know, that to, that's what I'm coaching for. I'm coaching for a lot of those kids. And if, you know, if I get somebody to go to, you know, big D1 school, awesome. That's fantastic. You know, uh, I'll. I'll probably get to meet the head coach for a couple of seconds and, uh, you know, get to say I met somebody. But, you know, really and truly at the end of the day, it's about the kids. How, you know, how are we helping these kids? And, you know, at this point, you know, a lot of these guys, they don't, you know, they don't, they're, they're not growing up with mom and dad at the house and, and dad going out in the yard and throwing the ball around with them and making sure they're doing their homework every night and they're getting a good night's sleep. I mean, we're, we're dealing with kids that are walking the streets all night, you know, or, or having to work and help support mom. And, and I mean, just all kinds of you, the, the scenarios go on and on. And it, I mean, it doesn't matter whether we're in Florida or West Virginia or anywhere else in, in our country, you know, that's what, that's to me, what makes high school football so fun is getting to, getting to pour into those kids lives. And yeah, I mean, for me, that's, that's my mission field. You know, I, our, our church supports a lot of missionaries around the world. And certainly there are other places that, 
that need to hear the gospel and, and all like that, mine's right here. Mine's in the high school hallway every day, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, Coach, it that, that's, that really is the crisis no, nobody really talks about in America is the lack of fathers in kids' lives. Um, you know, I, we both see it every day, and like you were saying, that high school football coach, sometimes you're the only male in their life that they, they, feel like they can listen to that gives them good wisdom. Yeah, I mean, that's we, we had a situation where, um, you know, a kid had made some poor decisions down here, and, um, you know, I was I was one of the only people that, that he would actually look in the eye and talk to. You know, I could get him in my office and, and me and him sit down and talk, and now it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a pleasant conversation and just, uh, you know, kumbaya, but, you know, we can sit down and, and I can talk to some of those guys a whole lot different than, you know, their teachers or something like that. We, we can get behind the closed door and get after it, and it's something that they understand and they can live with. And it's not that I hold them to any lower standard or that, I you know, I'm not coddling them or anything like that. It's just a, hey, man, if you're going, if you're going to grow up and be a man right here and you're going to, you know, you, you got to understand, you got you, you made a mistake. There are consequences. I'm going to help you through those. And then when we come out on the other side, you're going to be different. You're going to be able to help other kids, you know, that are in this situation. And you can, you know, and he was, he was a very good athlete, you know, probably uh, before it's all said and done, he'll probably be able to play some big time football somewhere, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's those kids that we've got to try to help. You know, we, we, if, if it's going to turn around, it's going to be because, you know, in, in a lot of cases, whether it's high school football or basketball or baseball, it's going to be the male influences speaking into these guys' lives to say, no, this is that's not what a man is. I know that's what it looks like on TV and in, the, in music and movies and everything else, but this is what a man's supposed to be. This is what a this is the responsibilities a man has. This is what you need to do, buddy, and, and model it for them. You know, don't be afraid to bring those guys around your family. You know, that's what I used to tell kids all the time. You know, I, I want my I want my children out here at football practice. I want them to be out here around you guys. I want them I want them to interact with you. You know, and and think that you guys are the greatest thing in the world. That was one of the funniest things. When my my oldest boys were out in the yard playing football one day, and uh, they're saying, "Daddy, Daddy, throw me the ball. I'm going to be like so and so that was on the team." You know, because he had made a great catch the Friday night before. And they were at the game, and they saw it, and, you know, and all this. And they're trying to imitate players on my football team. Uh, you know, that's that's what I want. But I'll, at the same time, I want the players on my football team to be able to imitate an example I set for them. And hopefully it's positive in, in the way I treat my wife and my kids and my coworkers and my boss at work. And, you know, that's what we've got to do for them is, is pour into them and model it for them. So they know what it's supposed to look like because goodness knows what they're getting fed from all, you know, the media and every other, you know, all that kind of stuff. A, a lot of times it's certainly not what we want them to come out like. Yeah. Coach, you, man, that's good stuff. I'm taking, I'm writing not down a whole bunch of notes right now. That's really, <laughs> really good, man. Um, so, you know, we've talked, we've talked, we've talked philosophy, talked life. You, Last time we spoke, you were like a true believer in the Delaware wing tee. Um, talk a little bit about that. I, I've been doing some research this offseason, getting into like the Delaware style of it. Kind of tell me uh -huh. how you got into it. Like, do you still like it and all of those types of things? 
Sure. I well the the first one the how I got into it. That's what we ran at Camden, um, and I would say we were we were probably ninety percent Delaware. Uh, over time, Coach Heron had done you know he had added some wrinkles and just a couple of different things um, to it. But we uh, you know we had the wing tee camp that we went to every summer when I was at Camden County, and for years. Uh, they actually had the Delaware coaches, uh, the offensive coaches, uh, Ted Kimsky and Greg Perry and some of the old, you know, the names that are associated with that, they were the ones that came down and helped run the camp. And they would clinic the coaches in between sessions. You know, all right, we're putting in, you know, this this next practice session, we're going to do buck, trap, and waggle. Uh, this is what, this is the coaching points. And hmm. so that's really kind of what got me going with it. Um and then as I, uh, and then the other great thing was there were, there were so many resources that, that translated directly to it. You know, you could get, uh, Dennis Crehan's stuff that was, you know, Delaware based as far as numbering system and naming convention and, uh, things like that. So there were, there were just a lot of resources where the names and the numbers and the formations and everything, it was already there. Uh, and, you know, I mean, no different than people that buy the Tony Franklin system. Mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. It was, it was the system before there was a system, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that's what made it real attractive to me. Um, and certainly not that, you know, other people's wing tee. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think Corky Rogers did pretty good with his, um, <laughs> over bowls, you know, but it was different and different naming and numbering. And so whenever, you know, like when I came back to Providence and we, and that's kind of what we were running, it was, you know, I had to sit down with the coaches, in order to be able to pick up that language and, and then over time, you know, and throughout the season and when we, when we would see different alignments and different defenses and stuff, then you start to get all the adjustments and the tweaks and the everything else. Whereas with the Delaware system, all that stuff's already written down, you know, it, now it's a matter of me just studying it on my own. And, and that's just kind of the way, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I don't have hobbies. I have football. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't fish and hunt and I don't have anything against any of those. I just don't have the time. You know, I don't golf. I, I don't I don't even own a club. But I I read football books and I watch videos and, and I'm a junkie on that stuff. And so, you know, it it made it easier for me and you know, I like the Delaware philosophy. I think in high school football you're gonna have a better chance of finding multiple running backs than you are of finding a great quarterback and great receivers. Um to be able to throw it all the time, you know, and so it just kind of matched up with what I felt like I was going to be able to access more of the time. And so when I became, when I came over here to be the head coach, um, you know, that was the system I wanted to implement because again, I could take Dennis Crehan's wing T A to Z, uh, put it in my assistant coach's hands and say, listen here, here, here you go, you know, read this and this is going to get you, about three quarters of the way to knowing what we want to do offensively um, in terminology and things of that nature. Uh, and at this point, in, I mean, in 2020, how many people use a numbering system that go from one to nine right to left? So I could just yell out on the field, hey, 21, 21, 21. Most people think you're running it right up the center's rear end. Right. They think the one hole, you know, whereas 21 is going to be the buck sweep to the right. So um, for a lot of those reasons, that was kind of why I started down that path. Um, and we had a lot of success with it here. I mean, I had, uh, 
in 2016, we had 2,000 yard rushers, both my halfbacks, um, which uh, both of those guys wound up being able to, you know, get an opportunity at the next level a little bit, um, you know, and we were able to play action. You know, I, so I told him, I said, shoot, a, a good stat line for us is to rush for about 250, 300 yards and throw for about 120 uh, going, you know, six for eight or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that that's going to be winning football, boys. Um, and so for, you know, for a lot of those reasons, uh, that's why I liked it. Uh, you know, I'm not, obviously I'm not the offense coordinator head coach right now. And we were more of a spread at Niceville, uh, but have getting to coach in that spread now. And, you know, a lot of our two by two stuff and three by one stuff in my mind, I can start to see where there'd be a lot that I could carry over, you know, passing game wise. And even some of the gun run stuff that we would do, I can melt that in now and, and kind of turn it into a little more. 2020 type version of the Delaware wing T still used what I was using, but now I can, you know, hopefully be able to get some things where, Hey, if I got a quarterback, that's a little better. Maybe we do sling it around a little bit more, you know, maybe we take advantage of that skill set. Um, and, but do it out of, you know, do it out of your red and your blue and your 100 and 900, and, you know, some of those formations that, you know, I mean, again, most of the time you see that on film, you're thinking, all right, we got to stop the run out of this formation. Right. Well, now all of a sudden we we three step it and throw it out there. Hey, now now you've got a little more a little more to worry about. You can't just you know you can't just go bear zero on me, uh, you know, and and shut me down up front because I can go over the top of you. Mm-hmm. You know that's so that's uh, you know and and so that's that's where I'm at now with it is now I start to see okay, yep I was I was straight Delaware wing T. I mean by the book I've got you know I've I've got the order of football and the, you know, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, now, all right, let's add some of these other wrinkles into it and not, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know enough about the adjustments to full scale change it. And, you know, for instance, go Gus Miles on uh, shotgun, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I've got enough now to where, okay, I can, I can add a wrinkle here or there. And again, hopefully the next time I'm offense coordinator or head coach, all right, now we can, you know, maybe those couple of wrinkles are the differences in a few games a year. Um, and so I still believe in it wholeheartedly, uh, would still run it, but now I would run it with a few tweaks that hopefully would make it more productive. And, you know, that from the football side of things, that's the name of the game. <laughs> score, get more yards, score more points. <laughs> yeah, and you're telling me, I mean, it's like, you know, the NFL right now, when, like you said before, the NFL is not high school football, but – you know, 21 personnel, 22 personnel is making a huge comeback. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's because people don't see it. I mean, it's, it's unique now. So, like, I think, old, you know, so you know, so to say, old school style offenses are now things you don't see all the time. So, it gives you a little bit of advantage. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, being at Niceville this year, like I said, we were a 7A school and – I don't know that we, which I, I'm on the offensive side of the ball, but I don't know that we saw more than maybe one or two out of our 13 opponents that were, you know, that would line up in 21 personnel. You know, I mean, everybody, everybody at this higher level, it seems like is it has, you know, a shotgun spread, you know, not even going under center hardly. You know, and that's one of those things in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, man, if I, if I went to a 7A school and, 
started doing some of that, boy, I'd be I'd be pretty unique, <laughs> you know. Go start and and again and the preparation part of it, you know, when you're when you're having to prepare a defense for something that they don't see, they only see one time a year, and you're trying to get that scout offense to to use the wing T as an example. You're trying to get the scout offense to run counter crisscross and do the double handoff. Yeah, you're trying right. To get them to run the, you know, you're trying to get a scout offense to run Sally or something and give your defense a good look at it. I mean, that's that'll take you the whole week just by itself. <laughs> yeah. You know, so and so I, I think it's it's definitely. I mean, it's like everything else. Everything you know, everything's cyclical and it'll come around. Uh, you know, people will it, it'll start being. Uh, popular again to go to the wing tee and have three running backs and, and all this kind of stuff and people will figure out how to stop it again and about that time the smart guys will have have evolved it a little bit to something different and, but yeah i think absolutely i mean uh you know we're we're talking on january 12th you know last night the tennessee titans uh beating the ravens in the playoffs they just you know they just lined up and punched them in the mouth and won in the game with yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry somebody that, you know, most people know about. But outside of him, I mean, how many people even can name somebody on the Titans that's not a fan of them, you know? But they just lined up, played football, run the run the football, and, you know, they're they're having success with it. Shoot, um, uh, did, did I read right that Tannehill only had seven completions? I think so. Oh, my God. I think so. But, I mean, that's – but, you know, one, one of them was a 50-yard bomb for a touchdown. Right. You know? So – they, they were able to take advantage on that because, I mean, if you if you don't load up the box to stop Derrick Henry, you're going to have a long night. And then if you do and, and you've got a guy that can, you know, that can put it over the top and that receiver uh, ran a great route, shoot, you know, you can, you can make a lot of make a lot of hay with that. Um, so, but yeah, definitely. I think that's, I think, I think in certain segments, you know, smaller school ball, at least around here where I'm at, you know, I'm not sure. It, it ever got completely away from some 21 and some and 22 personnel and things like that just because of the I mean at small schools the chances of you getting a, a big time quarterback are, are less than even other places so I think most most people around this area stayed running the ball but um, you know but I certainly I, I would say football as a whole got away from it for a while but are now deciding you know maybe we should Maybe we should take another look at it and get back that direction. Absolutely. Um, and shooting, I remember we used to talk. We talk offense, talk defense. You were a big three-three-five guy. Has that mm-hmm. stayed the same? Has that changed? What's your thoughts on, on defense? Yeah, I'm still um, still an odd stack guy. Still believe in it very much. Um, you know, uh, some things I figured out along the way. Um, and, and really, one of the genesis of that was, you know, again, that's what we did at Camden. And and really, and, and you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the wing tee or the odd stack or any of this stuff is better than any other defense. But I know it better than I know any other defense or offense. And to me, I think that's where a lot of, you know, I mean, certainly you've got you've to play to your kid's strengths. But at the end of the day, if I, can, if, if I don't know it well enough to be able to make an adjustment, to, to get and beat on something, then that that's that's where I think a lot of people get messed up with it. And oh, I'm never going to run the odd stack again because we got beat on such and such. Well, I mean, if you didn't have an adjustment built in there, I mean, all 
that's the thing. All, every defense, every offense, if you know it inside and out, then you can make adjustments and live with it. You know. Now, all that being said, probably something I would incorporate the next time around. I'll you know do a little bit more four man front stuff just to mix it in as a as a change up, um, and in certain situations where it might make it better. But I mean, several of our several of my blitz calls make turn it into a four man front. Right. You know. So I mean, it's. You know, it's it's a little bit, you know, yeah, it, it would be an odd stack. I would call it an odd stack if I were doing a clinic on it. But if you see it on film, you're going to see four guys getting after the, you know, at the line of scrimmage a whole lot of times. Uh, but we're not, I'm not going to call it a 4 because it's not really. But it turns into it, you know. Um, I, I think it allowed us uh, opportunity. We had a lot more of those kind of middle-of-the-road linebacker types, and so it allowed me to get more of them on the field. Um, you know, I think one of the big things with it, those uh, spurs or bandits or, you know, whatever whatever you want to call those those outside guys, those edge guys, you know, they need to be pretty dang good athletes. Um, I'm not sure how, you know, they don't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, genius football players. But they better be able to run and hit a little bit, you know, because they're going to have to cover. They're going to have to come up and set an edge here or there. Um, I think one of the best things, uh, one of the best things we did was when my linebackers, I, I taught linebackers to read guards. Again, with what we were seeing, you know, we were going to see a little bit more wing tee, a little bit more power with the backside guard pulling, things like that. I taught those guys to read guards and get it. As soon as you, as soon as you make a read, full speed downhill. Where I'm not, I'm not worried about you as the Mike linebacker chasing down jet sweep to the sideline. Right. Um, you know, if if you see, I want you downhill for that cutback, or for the quarterback pulling it. You know, and and when we were real good uh, here at Bonifay, those guys were going. They were 100 miles an hour downhill, and it was, it, it, you know, high school offensive linemen have a hard time with that. They, they have a hard time with a an athletic body running at them full speed. And, you know, the athlete can adjust just a little bit. Some of those big guys fall right on their face. And that's, you know, I mean, that's the that's the thing. You you know, everybody wants to put their, you know, that's where you put the big, big unathletic guys usually is on the offensive line in high school. Because if they're athletic, then they're defensive line guys. But, you know, they have a hard time adjusting sometimes. And, so when our linebackers were really going, that that was when we were doing good, and that's, you know, that one of my one of my things on offense is, you know, or, or on defense, is to try to try to make liars out of those offensive coordinators. They're sitting there telling their kids all week, hey, this is going to, this is what they're going to do, this is where they're going to come, mix it up, you know, bounce around, and um, you know, I guess people call them simulated pressures now. We just taught, hey, walk up there and then back out, or walk up there and then. <laughs> you know, do some of that kind of stuff and move around, make it, make it seem crazy and chaotic. At the end of the day, you know where we need to get to, you know, or D line's going to, you know, whatever it was slant to the gap strong, you know, slant, slant strong. And then, you know, linebackers going to feel where they get their reads and, but make it look like, you know, all out blitz, everybody in the world's coming. And then all of a sudden we're dropping eight, you right. know, yeah, yeah. that's, it's you know we know what we're supposed to be doing make it confusing for those other guys and you know like i said I, that that used to be a, one of my phrases that got them fired up hey make make liars out of their coaching staff 
Because <laughs> mm-hmm. as soon as they quit trusting it, now they're relying on their own 15 or 16 year old minds. You got them where you want them then, you know, because they're they're worried about that chemistry test they failed and their their girlfriend broke up with them and everything else. They, you know, when they start when they're having to figure out their own deal, you know how to how to block power, then they're they they start to get it, it starts to get interesting, you know. So that's. Uh, make it, you know, if you can ever make that competition as a coordinator between yourself and a 15 year old, you, you should have the advantage most of the time, hopefully, uh, you know, when, when you're having to, when you're having to beat the other coordinator, sometimes that can get tricky, but, uh, you know, if it's me against a 16 year old mentally, I, I better be able to win that matchup more often than I can. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. You say that. You know, guys talk about, you know, we got to disguise this and do this, do all that. I'm like, well, you're not really trying to beat the coach. You're trying to beat the, like you said, the 15-year-old out there has to figure this stuff out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When that when that kid's seeing it coming at him full speed, how is he going to react? And and now I've, you know, we've, we've I've coached against some guys, I'm sure you have too, where, where yeah, that, that, that little Jimmy and Joe – he was as good as advertised, and so it, you know, he was able to beat you on a few of those. But you know, most of the time, that's uh, if I can, it, you know, if I can get that chalk just a little bit longer, and I can, you know, I can confuse that kid. I, I got a chance to do something with it. But you know, there's, certainly there's there are ones out there that can that it doesn't matter. You know, uh, you know, take again like, like we mentioned a minute ago, take Derrick Henry in high school. That it really didn't matter. He was going to get his. Oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's what it is on some of those guys. But, um, you know, but that's the thing to me is is try to, you know, and, and do what you do. You know, I think that's where a lot of, you know, a lot of people get in trouble is, the, you know, the flavor of the week kind of stuff. Uh, you know, well, it didn't didn't work this time. So uh, we're going to do something different, completely different. You know, that was to, uh, one of the best compliments I feel like I ever got. Um, whenever I came back here to Holmes County, um, I, I retained a guy that had been the offense coordinator and we had actually played together in high school. Uh, he was a friend of mine. And, you know, as we said before, we were running the Delaware wing tee and, and trap guard trap was our number one play. Uh, I think every year we were here, it was our number one play. Um, and he told me after, after year two, he said, Kevin, the thing about it is, he said, well, we had gotten to because they had, they had been pretty – they had gone, gotten on hard times before I got here. Had won one game in the two years prior. He said, what we got into, we got to chasing the wind so hard, we started getting into that flavor of the month stuff. He said, we would completely ch- – we'd come in here and say, well, that didn't work. We didn't win, so we're going to do something different. He said, you restored my faith in just, you know what, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to run. Let's just get better at it. Um, and it wasn't instantaneous. I mean, certainly we didn't, you know, year one, we were four and six, but it was better than one and eight the year before, you know, but it was because I, you know, like I said, I believe in that system. I believe in it. I know how to adjust to it. I know how to coach it. You know, I know how to, co- I, I can coach every position to run guard trap out of whatever formation you want to give me. I can, we can run 24 and 26 GT. I can coach it up. And I think to be real good at it, you have to be able to, as the head coach or the coordinator, you've got to be able to do that. You've got to know how to correct it. And, all right, well, hey, who made the tackle on that play? Well, it was the backside three technique. Okay, well, here's the adjustment. Then this is what we need to do different. 
or you know whatever the case may be you know being able to believe in a believe in your system believe in what you're doing and know how to coach it to me that's that that's what makes all the difference you know it doesn't matter if i was a spread guy or I, you know if i was an air raid guy i'd say the same thing if i know that system so well and can coach it and can get the kids to understand what i'm asking for that's what makes it a great offense or whatever defense it's not the scheme schemes are i mean schemes are schemes you like i mean you just look around football look you know college football might be a great example you know you've got you know Mike Leach and, and Lincoln Riley and those guys can win with the air raid because they know it like the back of their hand. They can adjust with it. They can do different things. That's not the way, uh, you know, that's that's not the way Navy wins their football games or Army or Georgia Tech before they change. You know, they won with the flex bone because they know those systems and, and coach the crap out of those systems. They learn the details and they coach the details. They don't just, you know, uh, we're in the middle of clinic season. They don't just go to a clinic, uh, laser clinic, get three, you know, 50-minute sessions and think they found all the answers, mm. you know, and they need to change completely. And not that there's anything against laser clinics. I love them. I, I love clinic season and getting to learn new stuff. But whole, if you're going to a laser clinic looking for the answer, like the one answer that's going to, you know, solve all of your schematic problems, uh, you're probably barking up the wrong tree. You're <laughs> You're – I, th- that's probably not a good plan for success. You know, if you're going there looking, how do I, you know, how do I get more out of my, you know, how can I better teach my right tackle to block down on Buck Sweet? You know, if you're getting with an offensive line coach and you're figuring out, a, you know, something different about the footwork or a different way they say it to get more out of their, you know, more out of their kids, to me, I feel like that's what's going to pay more dividends on the scoreboard than if you're going there saying, well, we ran the wing tee this year, and we went, you know, three and seven. So, you know, I got to go to a bunch of spread guys and figure out how to run the spread now. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're you're going, you know, you're, you're going to be the cat chasing its tail a whole lot more than you are just getting in there, get you know, become a master at something. And whether it's popular, whether it's in vogue, whether everybody's doing it, that that stuff is irrelevant when it comes to winning football, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Get something you believe in, you can coach, you can teach it to your assistant coaches, and those guys are on board, and just and you've got to hammer it and be detail-oriented and get those kids believing in it. And, you know, that, that was one of the things I feel like my last year here, again, in, in the midst of all of this, for three years I called the offense and the defense. Every snap of every game, I was making the calls. And my last year I was like, man, if I can get an offensive coordinator in here, to run one side of the ball and I can focus on the defense, that'll make it better. I can make adjustments now. And so I hired a guy from Alabama, great coach, awesome system. I loved it. We weren't able to get him in until July. Mm. And what had, you know, and, and it was funny, he and I were talking because we, we had kind of a frustrating year on offense. Quarterback got hurt, backup quarterback got hurt. I mean, like I said, a lot of things contributing. But I think after after looking at it and kind of spending the year away, Part of it was I had those kids so brainwashed into the Delaware wing tee that when we tried to do anything different, it was they were they were very resistant to it. Sure. And uh, you know, and if I had to go back and do it different, I would just I would still hire the same guy. We would still run his system, but we would run it. We we would implement it in lot, much smaller doses over a longer period of time and keep running the wing tee stuff until we could get them, you know, 
kind of rebrainwashed, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, and so that's, like I said, to me, that, that's the, that's the, that, that's where the, the money is, is in getting your kids convinced that this is the system that we're going to run. It works. Here's why it works. Here's how it works. Here are other people being successful with it. Not that we're trying to copy anybody, but it's proven. And this is the way we're going to do it. And we're, we're not going to sacrifice quick fixes just to, you know, to, to run the one thing we, you know, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so is running it, you know, LSU's running it now in the national championship game. So that's what we're going to run now. Well, I'm not getting Joe Burrow to transfer in. I'm not getting Joe Brady to <laughs> yeah. coach him up. And you know, I mean, I, you know, there, there's, a, there's a difference. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> You've got to believe in your system and coach your system, uh, in my opinion. And that's, that's how you get the kids going. And that's how you get, that's how you get an average kid to play over his head is when he knows what he's doing to the point he can make adjustments. He can do, you know, he can do what he needs to do in game and in practice to fix things and, and it gives him a chance, you know, but that, that to me is, you know, picking, I think, you know, I think you pick something, you, you learn it, you own it, and then you make adjustments and tweaks as you figure things out. And as you grow in your journey, you know, and you get some X's and O's, you learn a few things. Well, now you can modify, but you know, it's, it's, it's awfully hard to, to, you know, to change schematically. If you're going, you know, if you, if you just think, if you think one system is going to be, is going to solve all your problems and is the key to the championship, you're probably fooling yourself. You know, yeah, yeah. The coaching the details every single day of practice and knowing how to knowing how to fix stuff that's that's where the championships are won just, as well as having really really good football players too well i was about to say <laughs> you, know, you know i mean that's part of it too i mean let's we, yeah, yeah. we can't kid ourselves and forget that part yeah yeah i mean in the nfl draft they don't draft scheme they draft players you know <laughs> like, right. yeah that's right i think that is the that's the ticket. I mean, like you were. I mean, that, that was that was that's awesome material. I mean, it's what you know, what fits your kids, and then you know, just be, trying to commit to it, so you know, like you said, how to fix the the issues that arise. Yeah, I mean that's you know, I mean it's no different than anything else. I mean you you know, you commit to your wife. You don't change them out every time something bad happens. You you figure out adjustments. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how you are successful in life. You, you, you know, figure out the way you're supposed to do things, commit to it, and, you know, make a mistake, fix it, figure out how to do it better, and, and try it better. You don't just, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to all of a sudden change everything about my life because one negative thing happened. You know? Right, yeah. I, I, need to, I need to figure out what to learn from it. And that's, to me, that's the other, you know, another point is, is learn, learning from your mistakes, not just, you know, spending much less time uh blaming or or finding the excuses or the you know the bcd as as brian kite and those guys thought call it mm-hmm. you know spend your energy on how can i what can i do about things how can i you know what what part of it can i fix and let the rest of the stuff go you know you sit around i mean guess what referees are going to make bad calls they're going to miss things <laughs> You know, we if we sit around a coaches meeting on Sunday and spend two hours on how we hate the referees and they're out to get us instead of game planning, well, what good was that? You know, how, 
I mean, what, yeah, the ref missed that call, but what about when our, our guard pulled and whiffed on the defensive end? You know, how about that's mm-hmm. probably what we need to spend more time fixing, not worrying about why the, you know, why the ref missed the pass interference call on, you know, I mean, that's, you know, again, I, I've gotten, you know, I, I mentioned that book, Extreme Ownership, you know, and, and Jocko talks about in there, you know, take ownership of, of you, of what you can control. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and spend less energy worrying about the other stuff. To me, that's you know that that's where it's that's where it's at. That's awesome, coach. That's that's really good. You, you, I've been I've been studying that wing tee this off season and kind of grew up in it, being in bowls and Trinity yeah. down in Florida. And there's we were ten personnel, twenty personnel, a lot of wing tee principles um, mm-hmm. out of out of gun, like you were kind of talking about doing with the spread. <clears throat> That's that's beautiful stuff, coach. So as we as we land this plane, coach, give give the coaches out there like a, a just a gold nugget, something that um, you found you really really beneficial to your career. I think for me, um, you know, one of the things where I'm where I'm working at now, I'm in the car a pretty good bit, um, and so listening to podcasts, um, listening to books, uh, utilizing that time to uh get ideas again not you know I'm, I'm not listening to a podcast to you know to try to find the answers to life uh or to you know to, to winning championships but it gives me some things to think about um you know and, and different things you know i listen to your podcast and uh coach guest down in georgia uh listen to the jocko podcast uh coaching coordinator that usa football does is really good uh joe daniel football is really good um, just, just list, you know, using opportunities to grow, to learn and grow and, and get me thinking. Um, again, I might not agree with everything all these guys say, you know, I, they might have somebody on there that's, you know, believes in the air raid and that's, that's what they're going to talk about. And it's not going to change my mind to make me want to be an air raid guy, but there's nuggets in there usually that I can pull out or some, some coaching point or, you know, something in there where, okay, you know, that's that's going to stir me up to think. That's going to get my mind moving. And, all right, whenever I get to where I'm going, whether I'm getting to school, getting home, whatever it is, I, I'm, I'm going to look this guy up. Let's see what, you know, what else is he, you know, has he done any clinics? Right, let me let me look a little deeper into what he's doing. Um, and so just, const- I guess, I guess ultimately constantly being willing to learn um, mm. and grow and, you know, getting away from the, you know, getting away from the meathead coach that just, you know, grunts a lot and yells really loud and, um, you know, is stuck in the way we always did it. You know, oh, when I was in high school, you know, this is what we did. We, we went bull in the ring every day. And, oh, and we just, you know, we ran 8,000 gassers. And so that's why you should always condition at the end of practice. And it's like, well, I mean, there, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm not saying those things are wrong necessarily, but what's your reasoning? What's what you know? Have you have you done any research to fit you know to have any data to back up? Why is that the way it should be done? You know what can you? How can you? How can you prove to me that that is going to give us a better chance to win and to take care of our kids and be healthy throughout the season? And why why does that give us a better chance to win? So being willing to learn and change and have an open mind and not just be so dogmatic about things that 
you know, over time you start to figure out, okay, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe having every single rep in practice be full speed tackle to the ground is not the best way. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. we should have some times where we give those guys a little bit of a break and pull back. And maybe there's some, you know, maybe there's some happy medium. Now we don't just go full, you know, we don't just go helmets every day and everything's just a walkthrough and non-contact, but you know, maybe there's somewhere in between and I need to look into it and figure out not only what are, you know, what are some of the best practices from around the world and around the country, but what fits my situation, what fits my kids and our personality and the way we're going to do things. Cause again, if I just try to, you know, if I try to copy what you're doing at your school, it may, it, you know, it may or may not work because I'm not you. I don't have your same kids. My kids are going to be different than your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, not better or worse. They're just different. They come from different backgrounds. So, so, you know, things need to be a little bit different. But um, so anyway, that that's always be willing to learn. You know, don't just don't get so stuck in your ways that you can't, you know, that you let everybody else pass you by. Because to me, that's the the coaches of, of this generation that are being real successful are the ones that are adapting. You know, even even the old guy. I mean, take Bill Belichick, one of the most successful NFL coaches ever. He's still adapting. You know, Nick Saban is adapting. Uh, you know, Dabo is adapting. You know, all these guys that are having success are the ones are, are adapting to the changes. Dang, because that's that's really good, um, man. This is this is a lot of wisdom. I got a couple pages of notes here. I've written down um, the Kevin Womble wisdom book just got created. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, thank you for being on, and uh, man, you are you're a great friend, and I appreciate you being on the podcast. Absolutely, thanks so much for having me. I. I mentioned to you earlier before we started but my kids think i'm some kind of celebrity now since i'm going to be on a podcast so <laughs> so thank you for that I, I i got dad of the year award coming oh that's that's too good <laughs> i'll uh, i'll put this up uh shortly after we get done they can uh, they can take a listen to it absolutely sounds good awesome